You are listening to CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca for live streaming. Stay tuned now for The Jazz Show coming right up with Gavin Walker. Thank you. 
We'd like to welcome you to another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or CITR.ca for live streaming. My name's Gavin Walker, and we are concluding our jazz feature this month of our ongoing monthly jazz feature, Obscure, Underrated, and Underrecorded alto saxophonists and we'll tell you about who we are going to feature uh, this is the last one and the most mysterious of all and of course we have uh, so much else to do on the show we have to uh, uh, we've got all kinds of great music to play for you including of course our jazz feature which is uh, absolutely superb and we are also going to pay tribute to Halloween, right? We have some uh, Halloween goodies a little later on in the show. But we're going to get to our jazz feature. And the person I'm talking about is Peter Earl Anderza. And he was known as simply Earl Anderza. Right. I can kind of see, oh, okay. <laughs> Who was he? Well... He was born in Los Angeles, October 24, 1933, and died in Chicago sometime in 1982. Earl had an unfortunate personal history. He came from a broken home uh, and had many, many disadvantages as a young man. And he moved from foster home to foster home to foster home. And eventually, in his teens, he ended up in reform school. But somewhere along the line, at around the age of 12, he began learning the clarinet and the alto saxophone. And he befriended another young man who was born and raised in Los Angeles by the name of Eric Dolphy. And, of course... Most jazz fans know who Eric Dolphy was. And these both young men became very good friends and studied with a great teacher named Lloyd Reese. And he taught both of these youngsters musical discipline, reading, tone, the ability to play in a horn section, all that kind of stuff. And and Derza um, was influenced, of course, by Charlie Parker, and the great Lee Konitz. Those were his two favorites. So music was Earl's passion, but despite the chaos of his personal life, he managed to become a very, very formidable saxophonist with his own sound and unique approach. His troubles, due to his upbringing, led him to drugs, and eventually to prison sentences for usage and possession. And there were some other circumstances, too. His very good friend, the late and wonderful Hadley Calliman, great saxophonist who lived in Seattle for many years, was a good friend of Earl's. And I, I asked um, Hadley about uh, a little bit of, about Earl's history. And he, um, I won't share all these stories with you, but um, other reasons for his incarceration and jail sentences were other things as well as drugs. And these other things, uh, I don't really 
wish to uh, discuss. They're not important. But due to all this chaos, Earl was only heard very, very infrequently in in sessions and gigs because (laughs) he had spent most of his life in prison. And but he was out in 19, early 1962, and he was heard at a club by Richard Bach, and Richard Bach owned Pacific Jazz Records. And he heard this young man and was very impressed by his playing, and he asked Earl to do a recording. And uh, Earl, of course, agreed and said, can I pick my rhythm section? And Bach said, you can play with who, whomever you want to. Uh, there's no contracts here. Uh, I just I'm impressed by your talent, and I want to do a record. So, the record that Earl Anderson made is our jazz feature. It was his first and last recording. He never did another recording under his own name, and it is a marvelous record. And it was issued on Pacific Jazz Records in. Um, in later on in 1962. It's a quartet date, and uh, there's some quotes from Earl in the, uh, in the album notes of here, and he, he appears to be a very uh, lucid and uh, soft-spoken uh, man, and of course a marvelous player with his own style, and uh, he was a virtuoso player. And he picked the musicians on this date, um, including one of the great unsung heroes of the piano, Jack Wilson. And Jack is not only heard on piano on a couple of tunes, he, uh, there was a harpsichord in the studio, so he switched over to harpsichord. and It, it provides a bit of an interesting uh, contrast. The bassist, there's two of them uh, on this date. Uh, most of the tracks are played by bassist George Morrill. And uh, a couple of tracks, uh, Jimmy Bond plays bass. And those were two leading bass players in Los Angeles. Uh, George Morrow, of course, had uh, just left Max Roach and settled in L.A. And Jimmy Bond was a part of the L.A. uh, scene, one of the first call bassists there. And on drums is a very fine gentleman who is still with us, drummer Donald Dean. And, of course, he went on to perform with Les McCann, all kinds of people. So a very, very good rhythm section, and of course it's a real showcase for the talents of Earl and Durza. Um, a little bit of a update after this recording was made. Um, Earl participated about a year later, and we're going to hear um, a session after the jazz feature, but it's only two tunes. Uh, he did lead a recording session Um, about a year after this for Pacific Jazz once again uh, with a group of musicians, uh, but it was aborted for reasons unknown, and only two tunes were cut, and um, they have emerged on uh, a couple of uh, reissues. We'll get to those after the jazz feature, and those are his only recordings. After that, Very little is known about uh, any of his activities, except that he somehow ended up in Chicago, where he died in 1982, before his 50th birthday. And so this is sort of the mystery of Earl Anderza, what he could have become. 
obviously, when you hear the music, you realize that he's a formidable uh, musician. And I guess had his personal life been in a little more order, uh, he would have made a very, very fine career and would have done a lot more recordings than, than this one. This recording was called Out of Sight, and it was issued on Pacific Jazz Records. So, once again, the personnel, Earl Anderza, the leader on alto saxophone, Jack Wilson on piano and a couple of tracks on harpsichord, George Morrow and Jimmy Bond on bassists, um, are the two bassists. Uh, George Morrow plays on the bulk of the tracks, and Jimmy plays on, on a couple. Um, they're both excellent, so you wouldn't really know the difference. And on drums, Donald Dean. The tunes... We begin with the veritable standard written by Jerome Kern and, uh, and uh, uh, Oscar Hammerstein, All the Things You Are. And, of course, every jazz musician is familiar with that tune. Tune number two was written by Earl Anderza, and it's called Blues Baroque. And uh, I do believe Jack Wilson, yes, that's the t- one of the tunes he plays the harpsichord on. One of my favorite Cole Porter tunes is a tune called You'd Be So Nice to Come Home To, and Earl Andersa does that tune beautifully. Tune number four is one of his own compositions, a very up-tempo thing showing his virtuoso technique on the alto. The tune is called Freeway. It's a good title for it because that's what it sounds like, a car, a hot car speeding down the freeway. Tune number four. Tune number five is the title track of Uh, the album, and it's a tune I like very much, and it was written by the pianist Jack Wilson, and it's called Out of Sight. And then another one of my favorite ballads, written by Bob Haggart, is a tune called What's New, and Earl Anders's interpretation that is absolutely beautiful. And tune number seven is an Earl Anders original, a cheery thing entitled Benign. And tune number eight is entitled Lonesome Road. That's a tune that was kind of a pop hit at the time, written by a guy named Gene Austin. And the final tune is an Alec Wilder uh, composition, very pretty ballad called I'll Be Around. So that's the lineup. There's nine tunes, and you get a really good taste of the magnificent alto saxophone stylings of the mysterious Earl Anderza. And here he is with all the people I mentioned, and we begin with all the things you are.
Our jazz feature artist this evening, the alto saxophone stylings of Earl Anderza. This was his one and only album that he did for Pacific Jazz Records back in March of 1962. Um, He was heard in a club um, by the head honcho of Pacific Jazz Records and He was impressed enough to ask Earl to come in and do a record date and pick his own sideman, which he did. As I mentioned before in the preamble, Earl had a very unfortunate personal life um, involving uh, foster homes, reform school, eventually um, jail time for drug addiction and other offenses. And he really wasn't heard a lot because of all, all of this Uh, horrible stuff in his personal life. He really wasn't heard very much on the jazz scene. And um, in a way, it was lucky that uh, he was heard by uh, Richard Bach, who was impressed enough to record him. So this was Earl's first and unfortunately last recording. Very distinctive voice of the alto saxophone and um, a rather mysterious gentleman because we don't know... um, We know that he died in Chicago in 1982, but uh, after this brief period of um, activity, um, we really don't know much about him. He never recorded again and, um, of course, uh, disappeared from the scene, and I can imagine maybe some of those disappearances were further incarcerations. Anyway, uh, regardless, you heard his music, and... um, a very, as I said, um, fine stylist on the alto saxophone, obviously loaded with technique, and uh, he'd really studied the horn, and a very passionate player as well, and with his own sound and his own approach. Uh, we heard Earl with uh, Jack Wilson on piano, one of the greats, and he also doubled on uh, harpsichord, There happened to be one in the studio, so he switched over and played the harpsichord on a couple of tunes as well. It was most effective on the second tune, I thought, the uh, piece of music called Blues Baroque. Kind of perfect for that. And uh, on bass, on most of the tracks, was the great George Morrow, of course, who played with Clifford Brown and Max Roach uh, over the years. And uh, a couple of tunes, um, Jimmy Bond took over the bass chores. And on drums, a very swinging and tasteful Donald Dean. So the tunes, in the order of appearance, we opened with uh, Earl's version of, of course, a great uh, tune by uh, Jerome Kern and Oscar Hammerstein, All the Things You Are. And, of course, that's you have to learn that as a, as a jazz musician. Uh, so uh, Earl's version of that. Then we move to the aforementioned Blues Baroque where um, the harpsichord, I think, was most effective on that particular piece, uh, played by Mr. Jack Wilson. And then one of my favorite tunes by Cole Porter was given a Earl Anders' interpretation called You'd Be So Nice to Come Home To. And then an up-tempo thing, and uh, really uh, rapidly moving along. You can imagine a, a fine sports car moving down the freeway. That's what it was called, Freeway. Uh, an original by Earl Anderza. Two number five was the title track of the album. That was written by pianist Jack Wilson. And the tune, Out of Sight, 
And then we move to uh, one of my favorite ballads, What's New, as interpreted by Earl, a great tune by Bobby Haggard. And then a very happy original composition uh, by Mr. Anderza entitled Benign. That was tune number seven. Tune number eight was um, a pop standard of the time written by Gene Austin called Lonesome Road. And the final tune was a nice, uh, gentle version of Alex Wilder's wonderful tune, I'll Be Around. So that's it, uh, Earl Anderza. Now, we haven't quite finished with Mr. Anderza, and I did promise um, we were going to play two tunes from a session that was made under his leadership about a year later, in June of 1963. And unfortunately, only two tunes were recorded, and they were never put out. And uh, they have surfaced on a couple of uh, sort of deluxe uh, um, box sets and that sort of thing, but uh, they were never officially issued. And this was his last um, performance on any kind of a recording. And we're going to hear those two tunes. Now, Earl surrounded himself with some excellent musicians. His good friend Hadley Callaman on tenor saxophone, the legendary trumpeter who had about the same kind of troubled life as uh, Earl's, uh, Dupree Bolton on trumpet, and on piano, wonderful player, another obscure player, great player, though, uh, Roosevelt Wardell on piano, on bass, Clarence Jones, and on drums, Chuck Carter. The first tune was actually written by Earl uh, Anderza, and it's called Joe and I. And the second tune, entitled Midnight Lament, was written by the same gentleman who wrote the tune Ornithology, trumpeter Benny Harris. So we'll hear these two tracks from this uh, um, unissued session done in Los Angeles, June 30th, 1963, beginning with this one, Joe and I.
And those were the last recorded statements of alto saxophonist Roland Durza. And this was uh, previously unissued, a um, couple of tracks that they did for a session. June the 30th, 1963 in Los Angeles for Pacific Jazz. And somehow um, the session was never completed and uh, for unknown reasons, um, that was it. So it was uh, aborted, and uh, these things never came out for years and years and years, and they uh, surfaced in some special uh, box sets and so on. The people involved here, Earl Anderza was the leader on alto saxophone with Dupree Bolton on trumpet. Hadley Callaman uh, had a subsidiary role on tenor saxophone. Roosevelt Wardell on piano. Clarence Jones on bass, and Chuck Carter on drums. The first tune was uh, ostensibly written by um, Earl Anderza and entitled Joe and I, and the second tune was written by trumpeter Benny Harris, and um, he's the man that wrote uh, Charlie Parker's great tune, uh, or a tune that Charlie Parker made famous, Ornithology. Uh, he wrote the uh, very beautiful Midnight Lament, so uh, we leave Earl Anderza on a rather poignant note. As I mentioned before, he was born in Los Angeles, 1933, and passed away in Chicago before his 49th birthday in 1982. So he was our jazz feature artist this evening, and I hope you enjoyed his uh, music and his very distinctive style on the alto saxophone. The last of our underrated, um, overlooked, obscure under-recorded exponents of the alto saxophone. Next month, we're going to do uh, a series of um, four shows featuring uh, underrated, obscure, <laughs> under-recorded trumpet players. And um, there's some really good ones. So keep us in mind. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 or CITR.ca for live streaming. My name is Gavin Walker, and we have a couple of uh, important announcements and a few things to say before we carry on with uh, some more music. As a matter of fact, we're going to uh, actually bring in Halloween and play some uh, Halloween-inspired sounds. So don't go away. Timber Concerts and CITR present Wild Nothing with guests with men I trust. Wednesday, October 31st at the Imperial. Tickets are available online and at Red Cat Main Street, Red Cat Hastings Street, and Zulu Records. Hey, 
bro. I was kind of thinking that I might want to write like stuff for a magazine, dude. You know you can do that at CITR and Discorder, right? What? Yeah, you can review live shows where you get in for free or music and books and stuff that's coming out or do write-ups on artists and local issues for Discorder magazine. That's sick, bro. Yeah, just email volunteer at citr.ca and they can help you get started or just come into the station whenever. Dude, I totally will. Discorder Magazine has been supporting local music for over 30 years. Thanks to the long-term support of the Rickshaw Theater, Discorder lives. Favorite bands are playing at the Rickshaw Theater. Check out their calendar just behind the cover of Discorder Magazine or at rickshawtheater.com. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional unceded Coast Salish territory of the Hunkaminam-speaking Musqueam people. are into uh, we know this kind of weather uh, although I think the the rain last night caught a lot of people off guard and of course uh, those leaves on the ground are really hazardous and of course uh, the rain didn't uh, wasn't able to drain as it usually is so it created all kinds of havoc and and so on and you know, you don't drive your car and speed through a puddle. Um, <laughs> it's just, uh, you could ruin your engine. And, uh, you know, it's it's not too smart. And I know a lot of people, unfortunately, did that. And they're going to face some very costly repairs. Anyway, that's too bad. That happens. And uh, the weather, of course, is going to sort of continue in that uh, vein. Tonight is mainly cloudy. Um, there may be a few showers tonight. There's going to be some fog patches forming later, and it's going to go down to 8. So that's it. And then tomorrow will be cloudy in the morning, and in the afternoon there's going to be a 60% chance of a shower with a low of 8 and a high of 11. That's tomorrow. Wednesday is merely cloudy with a 40% chance of a shower, low of 8, high of 11. Thursday is rain with a low of 10, high of 11, not much variation in temperature. Friday showers, pretty well the same. Uh, and Saturday too, uh, with uh, not too much variation in, in temperature. It's uh, anywhere from a low of 9 or 10 to highs up to 14. And uh, Sunday too is uh, Saturday and Sunday, both are going to be rainy. So. There you go. And Sunday, 
oh, yeah, we have to go through this nonsense. Uh, I wish they would, wouldn't do this, but uh, we're going to have to uh, put the clocks back, I believe, on November 5th. <sighs> yeah, that's uh, so tiresome. It, you know, it was okay when we had one clock in the house. <laughs> but now, you know, we've got clocks everywhere. And, of course, it's a, it's a drag. And uh, uh, who knows? Um, they say that, uh, always say they're going to end this uh, nonsense, but it's not going to, unfortunately. For a while. Who knows? Somebody will do it. All right. Uh, I would like to mention... Um, before we carry on, a couple of great websites. One of them is the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society, and you can get the uh, schedule at uh, for Frankie's Jazz Club, which is down on BD Street from that website, and of course all kinds of uh, concerts that the people at the at Coastal Jazz produce. Um, Coastal Jazz, of course, are the folks that uh, produce the jazz festival every year. CoastalJazz.ca and that's a very, very comprehensive website. Check it out. You can uh, spend a little time on there and, and find out who's playing at uh, Frankie's. That's um, programmed by the redoubtable Corey Weeds, and he's bringing in people from uh, uh, resident musicians and, and people from uh, all over. And so it's worth your while to check it out and check out uh, the people that you might want to see at, uh, at Frankie's. Also... Um, concerts produced by the Coastal Jazz and Blues. So coastaljazz.ca, the other website uh, which is important and fun to browse around is uh, the website administered by Brian Nation, and that's vancouverjazz.com. And um, uh, that's right, yeah, fall back. Uh, did I say forward? I guess I did because uh, uh, I've just been reminded that we set the clocks back, not forward. Maybe we should set them forward just to be rebels. I mean, hey, you know, this is British Columbia. Uh, but actually, no, we set the clocks back. Fall back, right? Spring forward, fall back. So we fall back November 5th. There you go. We, you know, gain an hour sleep, whatever. But uh, what? Okay. So with that in mind, we're going to uh, do a little uh, Halloweening right now, and uh, here we go. Thank you. 
Till death, as she clutched my hand. I knew she was coming, so I stood like a man. She drew up closer, close enough for me to look into her face. And then began to wonder, hadn't I seen her some other place? She beckoned for me to come closer, as if to pay an old debt. I knew what she wanted. It wasn't quite time yet. She threw her arms about me as many women had done before. I heard her whisper, you'll never cheat me, never anymore. Darkness and nothing has clouded my mind. I began to realize death was nothing to fear, but something sweet and kind. I pinched to see if I was dreaming, but failed to find bodily form. I then began to realize death had worked her charm. Taking myself of nothingness, I chose a road to walk. I noticed death's pleasantness with no one to stop me to talk. I remembered stories of heaven as I visioned the glow ahead. Two roads lay waiting for me to choose one now that I was dead. One road was dark. I could not see clearly if its long stretched highway. The other road was golden and glowing and shining as bright as day. I then remembered stories of pearly gates, golden streets, or how, however those stories were told. I knew I'd reach heaven on this highway. If not, I'd have the gold. I took one footstep, feeling safe and acting bold. Suddenly, I realized my mistake. My chosen road turned black, bittery, and white, cold. No longer was it golden glory nor heaven at its end. White hot flames were blazing, I saw the devil with his grin. I had taken but one footstep, so I turned to hurry back. But there a sound more waited through, not a door, nor a crack. Finally, coming to my senses, I walked on to my hell. For long before death had called me, my end was planned, planned, but well.
Welcome. Permit me to introduce myself. I am called Dracula. I am really the bebop vampire. I like the sun. I like the sun to shine. Drink. We must all drink. Everybody must drink. Today on the market we got instant blood for you to drink. I want you all to drink. Ah, that's it. That's good. That's good. Drink, drink. Quench, quench your thirst. Quench your thirst. Good. Children, you over there, drink your soup before it clots. Put the children to bed. Uh, children, uh, drink your blood and bite your mama good night. Bite your mama good night. Put two more marks on your mama's ugly lane. Go away. Go away for the moment. Let me do my work. Go away. Go away. You know I must do my work. I must do my experiments. Go away. I will find a victim. Don't worry. I shall find a victim. Dracula will find a victim. Are you looking strange? You're not a vampire. I am a vampire, not you. If you don't stay away, I will take your ukulele, and then you'll become a vampire. If you become a vampire, you will understand. Don't worry. Bela, Bela will return. Bela shall come back. Master, Master, those strange sounds. What are those strange sounds, Master? Don't worry, Chuba. The children of the night make such beautiful music.
Oh, what are you doing here with the children again? I children, go, go in the belfry and play with the bats. Ah, yes, a classic. That was the great jazz drummer Philly Joe Jones doing his best Bella Lugosi impersonation and playing the drums and leading the band on a famous album that uh, came out on Riverside Records called Blues for Dracula. And, of course, the band consisted of Mr. Jones on drums and, of course, um, impersonating Dracula. Johnny Griffin, the little giant on tenor saxophone. Nat Adderley, Cannonball's brother, on cornet. Julian Priester on trombone. Tommy Flanagan on piano. And Jimmy Garrison on bass. Blues for Dracula. Philly Joe Jones. And before that, we heard a band from Montreal... And I listened to this today at home, and I thought, this, this, the music here would be very appropriate for Halloween. It's, it's kind of apocalyptic and spooky and, and um, a little different. And this CD, mysteriously enough, has not even been released yet. It's by a group of young musicians from Montreal, all studied at McGill University, and led by Evan Shea, who played the tenor saxophone, uh, Aimé Duquette on guitar, Antoine Pellegrin on electric bass, and Kyle Hutchins on drums. And the band is called Lawful Citizen. And um, what we heard was a composition by Evan Shea, in four parts, and it was entitled The Internal Combustion Suite, parts one, two, three, four. And as I mentioned before, this album, uh, they're having a CD release party in Montreal on November 9th, but if you want to find out more about this album, you can get on the uh, internet, Shea. E-V-A-N-S-H-A-Y dot com. And check it out. There's more about this album on that particular website. So that's what we heard. And we, before that, we heard, of course, the classic Charles Mingus narrating his own um, soliloquy. And, of course, he composed the music that was played by a very large orchestra, and we heard The Chill of Death from Charles Mingus's album, Let My Children Hear Music. And we opened the set with some unearthly kind of screaming and some fine organ playing by Babyface Willette. And that piece of music was called Unseen and Unknown. Anyway, that was our tribute this year to Halloween, and uh, we predated it by a couple of days, but uh, there you go. So I hope you uh, enjoyed the sounds of Halloween 2018 on The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9. 
or citr.ca for live streaming. My name is Gavin Walker, and we have a couple of uh, brief announcements, and we're going to come back with some nice solo piano by one of the greats, Sir Roland Hanna. Without the help and support of our friends, we here at CITR wouldn't be able to bring you all the great music, art, cinema, and culture that you love. Thanks to the long-standing support from the Rio Theater, we are able to keep you informed on all the great artists, films, and everything else coming to town there. For all the current information about who and what's playing at the Rio Theater, visit their website at www.riotheater.ca. of CITR and Discorder, but are you a true friend? Get a Friends of CITR and Discorder card for $20 for discounts in Hastings Sunrise at Beat Street Records, Bomber Brewing, Community Vintage and Thrift, Community Thrift and Vintage, Pandora's Box Rehearsal Studios, Red Cat Records, and Selectors Records. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Hunkamenum-speaking Musqueam people. As promised, here is the great... Detroit-born pianist, the late great, Sir Roland Hanna. And the first piece of music we're going to hear is a thing that he wrote and created called the Century Rag. And we may hear another piece after that. But for now, the Century Rag.
One of the great piano masters, Sir Roland Hanna, born in Detroit. And, of course, uh, Roland was uh, classically trained, played with all kinds of people, Mingus, uh, um, Thad Jones, Mel Lewis Band, and did uh, so many nice recordings on his own. This was recorded in New York in 1987, solo piano on Town Crier Records, and it's called Round Midnight. That's the uh, title of the album. And we heard two pieces of music, both created by Sir Roland Hanna. The first piece, of course, was uh, the wonderful and fascinating Century Rag. And the second piece was simply called Blues. That's exactly what it was. And, of course, uh, you know when he played piano, he was truly one of the great jazz masters. One of the finest concerts I ever um, witnessed was right here in Vancouver uh, at the uh, Vancouver East Cultural Center. And it was Sir Roland Hanna and the great virtuoso bassist Richard Davis, just the two of them. And that concert was so good. It, it's, it seemed to be over in about 10 minutes. You know, when, when music is really enjoyable, it goes really fast uh, because your sense of time is, is just absorbed in the music. And, and uh, it was so good. And uh, to this day, one of the finest concerts uh, that I ever witnessed. And a credit to the uh, Coastal Jazz and Blues Society to bring these two gentlemen to Vancouver many years ago at the, uh, at the great uh, Vancouver East Cultural Center. Sir Roland Hanna. Well, we have a, two birthday tributes today. One of them was our jazz feature artist. As a matter of fact, uh, this month, of course, uh, I'm sure those regular listeners were aware that we were doing um, overlooked masters of the alto saxophone. And Mr. Jimmy Woods was the first one that we featured this month. And we're going to listen to him again because today is his birthday anniversary. And he was born October 29, 1934, in St. Louis, Missouri. And he passed away in March of 2018. He's 83 years old in Anchorage, Alaska. He made his final home there with his family and was um, really well-loved by uh, that community up there in Alaska. And Jimmy passed away in March of this year. So here is Jimmy Woods with one of his compositions. It's a beautiful piece of music, and, and uh, he, he wrote it, and he said this is what he does when he sees conflict and, and uh, disagreement. And this is why he titled this tune this way. Um, Jimmy, of course, is playing alto saxophone, Andrew Hill on piano, George Tucker on bass, and Elvin Jones on drums. And this is Jimmy's beautiful piece of music called Look to Your Heart. Jimmy Woods. Thank you. 
We're paying tribute to a couple of great musicians. The first we just listened to, the great Jimmy Woods, one of the unsung heroes of the alto saxophone. Today, October 29th, was his birthday anniversary. And as I mentioned before, Jimmy passed away earlier this year in March um, at his uh, adopted home of Anchorage, Alaska. Jimmy Woods, and he was heard here uh, playing his own composition entitled Look to Your Heart, and it featured uh, Jimmy on alto saxophone, Andrew Hill on piano, George Tucker on bass, and the great Elvin Jones on drums. Now, the other birthday recipient is someone who can swing most people into bad health. I'm talking about John Haley Sims. Now, he's better known as Zoot Sims, one of the great voices of the tenor saxophone and uh, one of uh, Charles Mingus's absolutely favorite musicians. Mingus used to beg Zoot to join his band. Zoot never did, but they, uh, they had great respect for one another. And, uh, of course, Zoot had his own long career in jazz music, one of the foremost voices of the tenor saxophone. This is from my favorite album by Zoot. It came out on Bethlehem Records. It was recorded in 1960, and it features Zoot on tenor saxophone, the great late Dave McKenna on piano, George Tucker on bass once again, and Danny Richmond on drums. And uh, we're going to hear three tunes from this album. The album came out on Bethlehem Records called Down Home. And... um, we're going to hear three tunes. The first two are associated with the uh, the old the old uh, the Old Testament Count Basie Orchestra, and uh, the first tune is called Jive at Five, and the second tune is called Doggin' Around, and the third tune is a tune that Al Jolson put on the map, and it's called Avalon. We're going to hear these three tunes. So Zoot Sims on tenor saxophone. Dave McKenna on piano, George Tucker on bass, and Danny Richmond on drums. And who can outswing Zoot Sims? I don't think anybody. Thank you. 
Thank <laughs> you. 
We heard four tunes from this marvelous album recorded in 1960, Zoot Sims, celebrating his birthday anniversary, which would be, well, now it's yesterday, October 29th. He was born in 1925 in Inglewood, California, and he died March the 23rd, 1985, in New York City. Zoot Sims, one of the great voices of the tenor saxophone here, with Dave McKenna on piano, George Tucker on bass, and the great Danny Richmond on drums. And we heard four tunes, uh, beginning with um, two tunes associated with the Basie Band, the early edition of the Basie Band, the, uh, what they call the Old Testament edition. Uh, two tunes, Jive at Five and Doggin' Around. Tune number three was a tune that uh, was sung by the great Al Jolson, and he made that tune a big hit, and Zoot played it. It's called Avalon. And tune number four was a Zoot Sims created blues, and in, uh, the title of that tune, I've Heard That Blues Before by Zoot Sims. So happy birthday, Zoot, wherever you are. Zoot Sims. We're going to continue with a piece of music from an album called Muses for Richard Davis. And it features a whole slew of musicians uh, recorded in Germany, uh, December 9th, 1969. And the nominal leader of this band is bassist Richard Davis, one of the finest exponents of the double bass. And on trombone here is the great Jimmy Nepper, who composed this piece of music. Pepper Adams on baritone saxophone uh, in a non-soloing position. Uh, Eddie Daniels on in, only in the ensemble on tenor saxophone. But soloing on alto saxophone is the great Jerry Dodgian. Once again, Roland Hanna, who we featured a little earlier on piano, and Lewis Hayes on drums. And this is a piece of music very reminiscent of some of the things that Charles Mingus would write. Jimmy Nepper, of course, was uh, uh, an uh, alumnus of um, various Charles Mingus's bands, Charles Mingus bands, and um, this has a definite Mingus flavor. Anyway, this is a Jimmy Nepper composition called Milk Train. Thank you. 
That's a composition by trombonist Jimmy Nepper. Very much in flavored by uh, the influence of Charles Mingus. Jimmy Nepper on trombone, Pepper Adams on baritone saxophone, Eddie Daniels on tenor saxophone, Jerry Dodgian soloing on alto saxophone, Roland Hanna on piano, Louis Hayes on drums, and all led by bassist Richard Davis. And that piece of music was called Milk Train. There's a very famous album by organist Larry Young. This album has taken on rather iconic status uh, as being one of the finest albums that Blue Note Records ever produced. And it features Larry on the Hammond organ, along with Woody Shaw on trumpet, Joe Henderson on tenor saxophone, and Elvin Jones on drums. I'm going to play you three alternate takes from the album. Now, most people have the American issue of this album, and there are no alternate takes on it, but I've discovered that there are some alternate takes that have never been issued domestically, and we're going to hear three of them to conclude uh, this edition of The Jazz Show. And the first piece of music is called, uh, written by Joe Henderson, called If. And it's a, a, a basically a 12-bar blues. And then a Woody Shaw composition entitled Beyond All Limits. And another Woody Shaw composition, probably his most famous, this one is called The Moon Train. And all of these are previously unissued alternate takes. And that will take our show on the road for another week. But uh, here is Larry Young on the Hammond organ, Woody Shaw on trumpet, Joe Henderson on tenor saxophone, and Elvin Jones on drums. Thank you. 
Closing our show this evening, three previously unissued alternate takes from this very famous album by Larry Young entitled Unity. And we heard, of course, the late great Khalid Yassan, a.k.a. Larry Young on Hammond organ, with Woody Shaw on trumpet, Joe Henderson on tenor saxophone, and Elvin Jones on drums, all recorded in Rudy Van Gelder's studio on November 10th, 1965. Uh, the first piece of music was an alternate take of Joe Henderson's If, and then we heard two Woody Shaw compositions, uh, Beyond All Limits was the second one, and The Moon Train was the third. I hope you enjoyed the show this evening. We'll be back in November with uh, another edition of The Jazz Show. 
And, of course, I'd like to thank you uh, for being out there this evening, those of you that stayed with us for a little while, those of you that uh, joined us later, and those of you who are still with us now. Thank you very much on behalf of CITR and The Jazz Show and myself, Gavin Walker. Take care. We'll see you next Monday night. We start every Monday at 9 p.m. So take care and be good to yourselves. Bye-bye.